to another edition of the GearsNet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is free. It's another preview show for you tonight, guys. It's live on the Friday night. Uh, I'm your host. I'm Colin Armstrong. As I tell you every time I host that it's not just the, the pod that we do here at GearsNet. Frankie's got his, his social media. There's, there's articles, there's uh, you know match previews, uh, match uh, reports, all that kind of stuff. There's a history archive on the, the website as well, as well as I said, they were on the forums as well. So get yourself onto that when you can. If you enjoy what we do here at Jersey, then we would ask you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Put the word out there in social media. Well, as I said earlier on, we're live tonight. It's a Friday night. We're having a look at the game tomorrow against St. Johnson at McDermott Park. But the podcast will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including ACAS, iTunes, YouTube, Casper, Stitcher, Spotify, all the usual gump guys that I tell you every time. I'm on, uh, yeah, even I bore myself for that stuff, I must admit, but there we go. Uh, and now to bring in my guest, and it's uh, it's my usual Friday night guest, it really is. We, we joked about it the last time we were on the preview show, uh, Stuart, that no one else will work with me, uh, but literally no one else will work with me, it's me <laughs> and you again, no one, when, when, when the word went out, who wants to do a preview show, all, all we got was tumbleweed and, and you had to come in and save the day again. Well, thank you for that. Um, given some of the comments about um, us appearing as a double act again, has <laughs> been everything from the two Ronnies to Waldorf and Stadler. Um, and I preferred myself um, from the glamorous days of uh, all in wrestling, uh, Bobby Barnes and Adrian Street. You can pick, you, you, you can choose who you want to be, but. Uh, <laughs> As long anyway. as there's no big daddy and giant haystacks, so that's the main thing. Mm, well, actually, we have been eating this week. I may end up with one or two of them, but that's another story entirely. So how's your week been? You know, how do you cope with international weeks? Do you enjoy them? I mean, I, I find they're an absolute uh, a, a, a bane on my life. I, I, I hate them, but what about yourself? Have you enjoyed it? No. <laughs> uh, I, 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 okay, I am... I am um, a few months older than yourself. Uh, you. I, I had, I mean, I, I, I think for a great many people, international football was your team. Your team played on the Saturday. You had a game on the Wednesday, and then you were back playing football again. I think this hiatus, you know, twice and three times a season, is it 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 brings about a break. Now, sometimes the break will suit you. Other times, the break will be, you know, quite calamitous for you, depending on how your players... And also the fact that your players are going away on international duty. Some will come back um, absolutely buzzing. Others will come back quite flat and need picked up again. So, I, I, I don't really buy into this, you know, fortnight now of international football. I'm traditionalist. You play on the Wednesday night and you get back to your club duties there. The, the following Saturday, I, I find. I mean, I, I really struggle with international football. I enjoy the tournaments, obviously, in the summer when they come along. But they're even messing about with that now. You know, it's going to be mm. the World Cups next December or something. Isn't it? So, yeah. But I mean, I used to really enjoy. I mean, I was never a big Scotland fan in terms in terms of going to watch them. You know, I didn't go to games. I think I've been to one Scotland game in my life. Uh, two, if you include the, the under sixteen World Cup final, but. I used to find it was at the international games when it came along, everyone dropped their sort of club loyalties and, you know, just 
everyone was sort of united in support of Scotland. I find international football now an extension of club rivalry, and and I honestly can't be asked for it. I've got enough of that going on in my life. I don't need to be standing listening to folk in a pub shouting at a certain player because he plays for a certain club. Uh, and I watched the first half of the Scotland game on Wednesday night, but I must admit it was, it was Tuesday night, but I fell asleep for the second half. And I just, when when they scored, my, my arse didn't come off the couch at all. I just had no interest in it. Zero interest, I must admit. But but hey-ho. Anyway, we'll, we'll get on. We've, I mean, we've got a few things to, to, to go through tonight, so we'll not talk about Scotland anymore, Stuart. Uh, I mean, I suppose the first thing we need to talk about, I mean, it's just been a bizarre couple of weeks since that old fun game, uh, you know, it's just been, it's been mental, actually. And it's mm. <laughs> it continued today with the announcement that Dominic Mackay is is, is resigning for Celtic. Uh, and strangely, uh, he's he's also deleted his Twitter account, which is, you know, that's obviously fed the, the rumour mill and, and all that kind of a stuff. I, I did get something to take from someone I know who is relatively well connected who's telling me that the reason he's deleted his Twitter account is because he just doesn't want to deal with the the imminent fallout you know yeah, his, his notifications yeah. are just going to go through the roof so he doesn't want to deal with that eh, apparently and that the reason he's resigned is, is duty pistol Pete pulling strings in the background and it would appear that he's very much the man who's still in control so eh, it would it would appear the banter years are, are still continuing over there Stuart and it's brilliant I don't um I mean, first and foremost, I know Dominic, um, and uh, I think when he took the job, there's a lot of people, the first of all, the criticism was from Celtic fans, oh, he's a rugby guy, what could he know about Celtic? Actually, quite a lot, um, and, I, and I think it's doing him a disservice to say, oh, he's just a rugby guy. You know, the SRU is a, a, a big, big organisation with many tentacles that took a bit of looking after at times. And and the thing is, if it's somebody in, in, in that kind of position in terms of administration, it's like being a Formula One driver and jump out of McLaren and jump into a Mercedes, there isn't that much difference. There's a difference in the performance level, but the actual technical side of things are, are much the same. And, and people saying, well, you'll never get used to it because it's football. And I, I think maybe... Maybe it was an eye-opener for him. But, you know, again, the, the, the fact that he's he's left that role after five months, there will be all sorts of speculation um, about that. And, you know, maybe, maybe, and some of us have found this in the past, that after four months, five months, you suddenly find the job that you thought was going to be a dream job doesn't really measure up to what you actually thought it was going to be. Uh, and that happens in life. That happens in all walks of life, not just because you're suddenly a, a, a chief executive of a football club or a major sporting or organisation. Sometimes it just doesn't work for you. Um, given the fact as well that you'll have had a shift and a half to bring in players for Celtic and a new manager as well, I think maybe a, a lot of that, you know, and what goes on in the background might have been a bit more of a an eye opener to him. But again, that's that's just entirely speculation at this point in time. And the fact that he said it's for personal reasons, you know, it, it, I would prefer not to be speculating in terms of what it's about for that very reason. I think the guy should have his time, um, and if he wants to come clean on it at some point in time, 
then that's absolutely fine. What I would say is that the the kind of land of, if you like, milk and honey that was um, you know portrayed a few years ago, in the last eighteen months since the coronation of Celtic as a you know champions to give them nine in a row, you would have you know it, it has not been the easiest time for them. Not that you'll shed any tears for that, but not the fact, but the fact is that you know I, I I had been to see Celtic um just before that the the, the season was terminated against uh, Copenhagen and none of the flaws and the faults from that performance had been looked at. They start they started last season with the exact same team that basically bombed against Copenhagen. And you know, having seen that I, I would never have said, oh, I'll, I'll stick my mortgage on Rangers winning the title. But I knew Rangers would have a much better chance last season because of that. And so it proved. So, you know, I, I think it's one of these ones where you just take a, a, a step back, sit yourself down, put the popcorn on and wait and see what develops. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be another interesting few weeks. Uh, and I'm sure the guy that makes the barriers is uh, rubbing his hands with glee at the moment. I think he anticipates a few more orders coming in. Uh, and, and another wee announcement yesterday in this sort of crazy week, Stuart, and it'd be good to get your views on it. The, the, the announcement that, you know, for, for, for large-scale events, over 10,000 and stuff like that for outdoors, that anyone over the age of 18 would, would require a COVID passport to gain entry. Now, I, I know there's a, there's a lot of feeling about this. I, one, what I'll say, my sort of opinion on it is, I can understand the rationale behind the decision. You know, cases are going through the roof again. I think the last thing anyone wants is another lockdown. So I, I can understand the argument for it. And I think in principle, it looks like a, a, a sensible idea and a good idea. My worry is, is, is the logistics behind it and how it's actually how the, the organisations like Rangers deal with us. Now I'm speaking as a supporter who couldn't get into the Malmo game because they didn't activate mm. uh, my smart card. Thousands of others were in the same boat. I'm looking at our ticket office thinking this extra layer of bureaucracy is is it just seems to me like it will cause even more issues, you know. And I'm, I've already I, th- I think that the first. The first game at Ibrox after this uh, goes live. I think I think it's the first of October. The scheme is 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 planned to go live. I think we're against Hibs on the third of October, and I'm double jabbed and my son's under eighteen, so we should be fine. You know, he doesn't need to do anything. I just I, I I've I've already got my my sort of notification that I'm, I'm double jabbed, but I'm already anticipating not getting into Ibrox on the third of October. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. expecting large scale issues, so. Uh, what about yourself? I mean, how how do you view it? Um, I, I I think it's um, first of all, I I think it's hugely misleading, especially in Scotland. That a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, even there was real you know, protests about this uh, COVID passport being some kind of. Um, English slash Westminster slash conservative idea and it was wholly unpopular and lo and behold we now have it in Scotland you know the, 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 the sort of, it's a bit like the, the weather you see in America we'll get it three weeks later 
it's a bit like what you see in Westminster. We'll get three weeks later, but it'll be tarted up in a slightly different fashion. Now, I, w- I would have to say I am utterly sceptical about how this will work. You know, um, it's easier to collect stamps on your Costa Coffee card um, and for how many cups of coffee so you can get a free one than what it is, something that's actually deciding upon whether people can actually venture out and, and live a, a real life out there. And I think that that part of it, you know, how, how indeed, you turn up at a turnstile at Ibrox and somebody said, you don't you, you don't have both jabs. Where do you start your argument? Given the arguments that we've had at Ibrox in terms of, you know, tickets that you print off not working or season tickets not working. I mean, I think this is just another, this could just be another catastrophe waiting to happen. And, you know, I, I do feel sorry for the football clubs as well. And it would be, if there was a system in place that you could actually say, yeah, there it is, it's on my phone. You send me this if I'm double jabbed and it'll work. And, and have a system whereby you were identified regardless of whether you went to see, you know, Elton John or whether you went to see Rangers. But my sort of gripe on that is that these things are not guaranteed. And this should be an easier process and I think it's going to turn out to be. You know, when you're turning up at a football match because you've printed your tickets off and you're turning up an hour and a half early to get into the stadium, there's nobody in the stadium and you just want to make sure that your ticket works. That's that's not really a place you want to be. So I'll, I'll believe it when I see all of these different sort of facets working. Um, up until now, I will remain my usual sceptical self. <laughs> <laughs> and one one sort of last thing from from through the week, sure. Before we move on to sort of looking at tomorrow's game, uh, I mean that there has been a serious fallout in the last couple of weeks, on, on the back of uh, you know the the Wolfram victory, you know you had the the, the story that in the Daily Record they they went for the boys at heart and hand, and since then it's just it's been it's. I mean, I'm laughing, but I, there is actually quite a dark side to this. You know what I mean? It's yeah. quite, there's a sinister side, and it, it it really feels like shark-infested waters we're sort of dealing in now. You know, and, and that we're swimming in. Uh, so, you know, the daily record of, of sort of you know set up the Hart and Hart boys. They've had to let a couple of boys go in the back of that, and I don't think you could defend some of the some of the tweets. But the, the, you know, it's since been revealed that there are similar tweets by you know. Uh, staff members and journalists at the Daily Record. Uh, and yesterday you had that whole situation with Janie Godley now having to, you know, she's been removed as the Scottish government's, you know, face for the the, the, the COVID stuff. And she's handed a fee that she got uh, for that over to charity, I believe. And she's now been dropped for some pantomime in Aberdeen. And, and you know, it, it looks like this could, I mean, some of her tweets as well were, were properly horrific. Uh, and it looks like her career's over, and you can't. You, you, when you're looking back over the last two weeks, you're thinking all that happened because <laughs> because Big Calander scored the goal against Celtic. That's that you kind of look back and think that's what triggered it, and it's just been a mental couple of weeks. And it, I think, some people, uh, some journalists especially, and and some and some other people in other areas of civic life need to maybe just look and think that things are getting a little bit out of hand. Some um, 
some had uh, some people have spoken to me in recent times saying why don't you try or why don't we put together a, a political satire comedy um, based on what happens in Hollywood and then just when you get ready to press a button or go and make a presentation to somebody, real life takes over and you find out that nothing can be as mental as Hollywood. Um, you know, nobody would believe your script if you if you pen some of these things. And this week, you know, I, I, I was on on Sunday night and basically I had my say there and nothing's really changed. You're looking for even-handedness in all of this. And if somebody says something nasty, and it is deemed to be, you know, in, in bad enough taste for people to start resigning from positions and all sorts, then that is something that you would have to see out right across the board. You can't, you, you cannot be selective in this. If you say you're at fault or you're guilty, then you have to be even-handed. And I think that's all most people are looking for. Um, and lo and behold, four, five, six days after an instance where people were put on the front page, um, others have been deemed not uh, worthy enough to be appear on the front page of certain newspapers. That's that's not right. And I think a lot of people out there will be watching this. And if they hadn't been paying attention last week, I think the events of the, the week leading up to maybe yesterday and, and even today, I think they'll have seen how standards are you know, maybe not just double standards, maybe triple standards, um, and and see how how uh, how that's dealt with. Yeah. Incoming call, incoming call. That's no. that you've been you've been given the CEO's job at Celtic. Congratulations, Colin. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's actually my phone telling me my blood sugar's too high. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's it's just been that kind of week, sure. You know, I mean, it's stressing me. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I mean, I, I, I find that, as I said, I find it quite dark and sinister. But it's also, I find myself chuckling away at some of the stuff that's went on. I suppose the biggest positive that's came out of it is sort of Janie Godley being exposed for for what she is. Because I mean, I'm, I've not got anything personal against her. I just don't find her very funny. You know, mm. I mean, I just, I just don't know how she ever became a comedian. And I just find her a bit shouty and a bit kind of. Uh, just not funny at all. She's up there with, with Mrs. Brown's boys and the uh, the laughter states for me. So if if it removes Janie Godley as a comedian, then I think maybe it's been a, a worthwhile uh, experience over the last couple of weeks. Uh, right, sure. Before we before we move on to tomorrow's game, I need to I need to highlight uh, our partners at football prizes, uh, and we've got a Neil McCann. Uh, framed and signed Rangers shirt. Uh, the, the tickets are five pound ninety five. There are sixty five tickets uh, available for this. How many of those sixty five are left? Uh, I couldn't quite tell you. Uh, I'm looking at it now. So it's it's like the it's the the kit that he wore when he scored those two goals against Celtic when they won the league back in was it ninety nine? I think it was. Uh, so the the, the deadline the, the, Nike is, top blue the Nike top yeah, yeah but it's, 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 that blue band across it yeah that's right but it's 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 the eighteen it's it's not the front mm. of the shirt it's the back that's framed uh, I it's, it's it's an impressive piece of kit as I said five pound ninety five 
65 tickets. Uh, the deadline for that competition is this Wednesday, which is the 15th of September. So get yourself onto that. You'll find that at footballprizes.co.uk if you want to get yourself onto that. Uh, right, Stuart, on, on to tomorrow's game. Uh, St. Johnson at... Uh, hold on now, I'm all over the shop here. There we are. Uh, St. Johnson at McDermott Park. Half, I think it's half to all kick off. Live on Sky... Stephen Gerrard's back. You know, we've, we've got all those players back who missed out because of the COVID stuff uh, during the Celtic game, all that stuff. So we've got a manager back. We've got all the players back who who, who missed that game. There's, there has been other issues, though. Obviously, Hadji has tested positive for COVID. Uh, Gerrard gave an update on him today. Ryan Jack's still out. Uh, Nambi's still out with the heart issue, although they're, they're expecting an update on him in the next few days. But overall... There was a feeling, I mean, it was a worrying sort of week that, you know, going into that, that European game and the game against Celtic, with all those players missing, it feels like we're, we're in really good shape going into tomorrow in terms of numbers and in terms of bodies. Still got a wee bit concern uh, about form. But overall, it feels like Rangers are, are in a better place than they were before we went into this uh, international break in terms of the players in the squad. I think you asked me earlier about uh, international breaks. What I thought, I thought about them. I think if you'd asked Stephen Gerrard what he was thinking about international breaks, I, I, I think uh, you know. Well, his uh, you know nation, his country, um, England did well uh, during that uh, you know fortnight. Ultimately, I think he would have much have been preferred Rangers to have another league game and press on after that old firm one. Um, I, I, I think, you know, the European tie that Rangers really, I mean, they really had to get a result on that, didn't they? They couldn't have the disappointment of not having Europa League football as well. Yeah. Um, so that was job done. Beating Celtic, job done as well. And, and, and again, as you rightly point out, Colin, both of those results were achieved with reduced um, resources in terms of player personnel. So big, big, uh, big, big results there for Rangers. And I, I think the fact that they've come through those matches there, winning both of those games, and now they've got players coming back into the frame. And I, I think they're actually they are in a good place. It's a bit like getting all your new toys out of the box again, isn't yeah. it? And see, and, and again, no much pressure in Stephen Jenner. I have to say, I mean, Gary McAllister, I'll just be sitting back in the the, the, the chair and saying, right, on you go, Gaffer, show us how you know, do it. I I can show you how to do this, but I'll I'll leave it up to you this time. Um, the game at McDermott Park, um, uh, a big game for Rangers. I. I I mean, I was trying. To, I was trying to remember back in time, and I remember a hell of a lot of matches with Rangers um, at, at St. Johnson. Sometimes, occasionally, it's a place where Rangers struggle to get a result and struggle quite badly, quite, quite, quite dour matches against a St. Johnson team, regardless of who the manager has been. Um, pretty, pretty well set up, difficult to break down. Um, you can't say they're spurred on by a huge home support because they just don't have a huge home support. But it's it's always been a, a difficult game. Other matches, Rangers have won at a canter. You know, I remember you know, I've been there and seen Rangers scoring fours and fives and the likes. Um, but again, 
tomorrow's a completely, you know, different, different perspective on it because they have to pick up, they have to pick up where they left off against uh, Celtic. It's not just about looking over your shoulder and seeing where Celtic are just now. If you look at the actual the the league table, Rangers are are, are you know still still chasing um, Hibs and Hearts. Who'd have thought Edinburgh would have been sitting in pole position at or uh, their two their two runners in you know top of the grid just now? But that's the way it is. So I, I, it's still early on in the season. But again, you don't want to be losing ground to anybody else and a big result is needed tomorrow, a big performance as well, just to, you know, just to reiterate that, that Rangers are on song and Rangers can produce results. Another question that, that Gerard was asked about today, Stuart, was uh, surrounding uh, Nathan Patterson. Now, he, he, he obviously done well through the week there for Scotland. He was involved in the goal and he, he, he really seems to be you know, coming into his own and, and, you know, maturing as a player. And he was kind of asked about the conundrum because it is becoming a conundrum around him and, and, and Tav. You know, what, what what do you do? And, and Stephen Gerrard seemed to say, well, you know, he's, he's in the right club. He will be Rangers right back at, at, at some stage in the not-too-distant future. He's at the best club to be developed and, and to, to, to move on and all the rest of it. However, it does feel like it's becoming a, 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 I suppose it's a nice problem we have, but it, it is a problem, especially, you know, he also spoke today, Gerard, about the Everton bid, you know, the Everton had come in and he never, he never named Everton, but you could tell he was having a go because he said that, you know, the offer was derisory. It was nowhere near what they were looking for. So I think that was his way of just having a wee sort of, a wee, a wee dig at Everton. But... I mean, it, it could be. It seems to me that it's something that could become a problem. You know, if we get to, you know, the, the transfer window in, in January or even the next summer window, and 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 Patterson's not getting a huge amount of game time, and a club comes in with the right offer, then mm. we're faced we're faced with a problem. Yeah, I would I would agree with you there. I mean, I, I, I last week, um, you know, I was I was in Talk Sport, and I'd said and they were talking about the, the, the fact that they were various injuries in the Scotland camp and I, I pointed out that Patterson in the space of Everton tabling a five million pound bid uh, you know and sort of or it was reported that weekend and then Patterson playing for Scotland in the midweek he had not suddenly become a pub player just because he was turning out for Scotland and last week um on the on the podcast I'd said that you know Stephen Gerrard he hasn't tried to, you know, squeeze a quart into a pint pot, so to speak. He hasn't tried to get these two guys and play one as a, a right back and one as a, a a wing back. He has tried to, he's tried to give them their place and play them individually. I think personally, I think where the real problem would be if it would be if he actually tried to give both guys a game on the same side of the pitch and worked a, diff a slightly different system. I don't think I've ever really seen that work. I remember in one or two of the, 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 the viewers tonight might remember, if you think of the, the kind of pickle that Rangers got themselves in at one point in time with Gary Stevens being the right back and then Mel Sterling turned up as the right back and Richard Goff could be the right back as well. You know, I think that was... 
that was one where he suddenly ended up with a, a guys who were very capable players, but um, they were almost like squabbling and trying to outdeat themselves rather than outdo the opposition. And I think that the danger you rightly point out there, Colin, is if Patterson doesn't get the games, he might suddenly be thinking, not only you know that he wants to play football, he might be thinking, I can make a Scotland spot mine for a number of years as well. So it's maybe a double-edged sword just now. It's been fine. You know, when Tavernier's been out, Patterson's been a more than able deputy. I noticed the, the, the poll that's taking place just now, you know, if both were available, who would your right, right back be? Um, you know, 52% uh, says Tavernier, 47% say Patterson, uh, 1%, I think, just buggered off halfway through and went to the pub with that vote. But the fact is that, that you know, Tavernier just sort of shades it slightly. I, but I don't think there's many people out there that even if they voted for Tavernier would be saying, well, if Tavernier's out, it's a disaster because you've got Patterson to fall back on. And it's, it's, it's a great position to be in. Personally, I think that Patterson is still going to be the guy that will come through for Rangers simply because of Tavernier's age and the fact that Patterson, as he grows in experience, is looking a far better player. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to... I mean, it is a positive situation. I'm not trying to make it a negative. I'm just thinking it potentially could become a negative if, if you know, if, especially considering we've already had a, a bid for, for Patterson. You know, if, if he continues uh, to display, you know, the sort of form that he has been displaying, even if he is getting limited game time, then you never know. You know, a club might up the ante and, and we could be presented with a bid that the, the board... Wouldn't be so so keen to knock back. So yeah, it was an interesting an interesting discussion today on on Ethan Johnson, uh, Stuart. Now, I mean, they, they obviously causes a, a few problems last season, uh, particularly that game at Ibrox when you know they knocked us out of the cup. Uh, Calm Davidson, I mean, tremendous what he done last season, double cup winners, all that kind of thing. The most successful team in Scotland last season, apparently, by the way. Uh, but we'll not get into that. Uh, you know. This season, it's, it doesn't look... I mean, obviously, they've had the European stuff to deal with as well, but overall, it doesn't look like it's quite clicked for them so far this season. Uh, they've played four, drawn three, lost one. No wins in the league so far. As I said, look a bit off the, the, the team that done so well last year. They've also lost Jason Kerr and Alan McCann, two of their most sort of influential players. So, I mean, it's a strange one because it's a club that and a team, especially under Davidson, that, that makes me slightly nervous. But looking at them now, you feel like, well, we should be confident going there because, you know, they're, 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 they have had the, the sort of stuff and kicked them out a wee bit. They've lost two influ influential players and they're just not performing at that same level that, that, that they were last season. Although I suppose Callum Davidson would look at it and say, well, what better time to start than against the champions? Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I quite enjoyed watching St. Johnson. Um, last season, simply because they made they made the most of what they had, and you know, and it's dead easy to say, um, okay, you you want your team or specific teams to try and win, but I I thought it was quite refreshing the fact that St Johnston came along and 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 lifted both um, you know cup competitions. It was something different. 
it's something you know that others um, can't be too condescending about because their clubs have they won any trophies in several seasons. So it was it's pretty good from from um, from that aspect, and I do think that you know St. Johnson have had a very good young manager. I, I, I honestly hope this. I know he's won you know two trophies. I hope if it gets tough for him at any point in time, they don't just suddenly jettison him and think, well, we can do better. I think they would find it very difficult to do better than, than what they've got just now. So all of that said, he will set out a team that will make it make it difficult for Rangers, difficult to break down. He also has a team that are pretty pretty good at doing what they're told. You know, if they're instructed to play in a certain manner, they seem to carry out his word to the to you know it's a letter of the law type thing, which again makes them a difficult team to um, play against. But all in all, you would still think that Rangers might just have too much firepower for them, and the fact that Rangers have got you know they've got goals in them. Okay, it might only be one a game, but one wins you a match, you know. Um, and I, and I, I still think it's a, a game that Rangers could. Um, take all three points from and obviously keep themselves going in the right direction in terms of the league uh, well, One sort of final point I announced tonight that they've signed St Johnson have signed F.A. Ambrose uh, I, I don't want to jinx it because I don't want to have too much of a laugh at his expense because <laughs> he'll probably go in and score the winner against us tomorrow if I do that but he's always good for a laugh F.A. isn't he you, know, you, you always expect some sort of calamity on the part when he's a um, I, well, I, I I know he's been involved in a few. However, I think personally, I think he is an absolute model professional. He he really is. And guys I know who have played with him have have said that. Um, it it, it he's tended to get it wrong from time to time. But you only need to look at what he's done at club level and also what he's done at international level to understand this guy's had a, a had a right career. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think he'll ever be considered part of St Johnson youth policy now that he's arrived in Scotland. And and again, it 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 does smack a wee bit of um, you know older foreign players getting a shout ahead of younger Scottish players. But needs must um, if, if you're the manager of St Johnson and you think this guy can do a job then you'll recruit him and that's exactly what St. Johnson have done. Yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, Davidson has shown that he's been, you know, he's a very astute manager. Uh, but I did have a wee chuckle when I read that, I must admit. Because, I, mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's players who play for Celtic that you just don't like. Uh, and I'll, I'll even say the word hate, you know what I mean? But Ambrose was never one of them. <laughs> and I passed uh, him. I passed him once in Argyle Street in Glasgow, and actually smiled at him. And he smiled back. You know, what I mean, he just he just always no, struck me as as quite a likable guy. You know, even though he was, was playing for he, 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 he always was. He always had. It. I'll say this: he always had a smile on his face. Uh, even if you just said hello to him, he would smile back. Um, you know, I, I see one or two comments here. Uh, I, you know, can't believe that Ambrose is still only thirty-two. I think he might be missing out school holidays. Or um, you know, or summer holidays and that, but no, he he's he's been a a a, a really good professional um, over the years, and uh, and again, I can see why I, I can see why he might be it would be an attraction to um, St. Johnson.
Well, here's here's hoping he's next uh, calamity is tomorrow at half twelve, and he's not smiling tomorrow. Uh, so that's all for for this uh, bonus edition of the Jersey Night Weekly podcast. Having a wee look at the St Johnson game there. A big thanks to Stuart for his contribution. Uh, great stuff as always from him. I'm the, ever, only, I'm the, ever, the only guy that will work for me. I'm only ever going to be one place on Friday night because <laughs> no one else will come on. <laughs> it's been to you, Stuart. Without you, there is no show. <laughs> I had I had got a chance to make twelve grand in the next in an advert. So you never know. Uh, you never know. Uh, we, we might have been that charitable cause that got that got the twelve grand. Uh, know that Frankie would ever tell us what the bonus pays. He's, he's fairly secret on that front. Uh, right. Anyway, I digress. Uh, we'll, we'll be back <laughs> from his from his holiday home in the Seychelles. <laughs> he's, he's sitting in a, he's sitting in a holiday resort producing this show as we speak. Uh, right. So I again, sorry. Thanks. To- Stuart there for his contribution this evening. Uh, we'll have a show on Sunday night to look at the, the St. Johnson game, obviously. Uh, Stuart's just came on my screen here. I think he's coming on to give me a row. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's waving a yellow card. No, that's a yeah. hula, hula, hula hula skirt he's got on. That's where he's broadcasting <laughs> from. Uh, I, I've totally lost the thread here, all the girl. Uh, <laughs> aye, so we've got, we've got a show on Sunday night. I'm hosting. Uh, I, I might just continue it right through, actually, uh, until Sunday night. I'm hosting, Ross is on with me, and David Fraser. So get yourself onto that. We'll obviously be looking at the St. Johnson game uh, from tomorrow and having a wee look towards Thursday night and the, the big European game against Leon. In the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Uh, until next time, guys, bye for now.